Before this episode begins, I would like to issue a warning. I am aware that listeners come from all walks of life, so as a heads up, this episode will touch on depression, thoughts of death, and hopelessness. Don't be afraid to pause or step away from the episode if it's too overwhelming or triggering. Your well-being and comfort is priority. Thank you. Hey there, my name is Aniela Castillo Vasquez, and to start, I want to give you a big thank you for taking time out of your day to listen and joining me for today's episode. This is my first episode ever, so it means a lot that you've chosen to give this podcast a listen. For today, I'll be sharing a story that I consider to be my first big angel moment. But before that, I want to give some information about myself. I am a first-generation college student at Texas Women's University, where I am pursuing a degree in social work. I absolutely love everything about TVU because it's brought so many people in my life who count as angel moments on their own. Beyond that, it feels like I'm on a journey of self-discovery here, and part of that discovery has pushed me to create angel moments. I truly believe that storytelling has a power unlike any other, since it can bring people together whether they can really or feel moved by it. For me, I love hearing stories of hope because I know how it's like to feel hopeless, lost, and stuck in despair. But thankfully, I dug myself out of that endless hole. But sometimes, despite how much time passes, it sometimes feels like that hole is trying to sink me in again. But in those moments of weakness, I remember the angel moment that changed my life for the better. My experience serves as a constant reminder to myself that life will get better. So to better explain, this is where I will start my story. When I was 15 years old, I was struggling a lot with my mental health. I don't know how else to explain the feeling but it literally felt like another person was on top of me and I could not shake them off. I just felt like a gray cloud was over my head and it makes me sad to think of how I was back then because I was so lost and I don't recognize who I was. I was dealing with some personal stuff in my life that made me resentful against God. I wasn't always like that though. Um, Before that chapter in my life, I was very spiritual. I would pray a rosary each night, and I would pray hours and hours into the night. However, my intentions were a little crooked. I wanted my life to be better so badly that I convinced myself that prayer would equal immediate change. However, when I wasn't seeing results, it pushed me against God because I felt so ignored and abandoned. I got angry, and I stopped praying altogether. Obviously, that wasn't a good mix with my mental health struggles. At 15 years old, I focused on the wrong things in my life because I got so caught up on adrenaline and being distracted. I'm pretty sure that my siblings can remember a couple of times that I lashed out over small things at home. I was kind of a diva in my house because I was sensitive deep down and I didn't know how to appropriately cope with my negative thoughts. So it makes me kind of sad when I think about it because those moments of anger were actually just moments of me calling out for help. At some point, all the distractions in my life, like friends, 
high school drama, boys, etc., they ended up not being enough. If anything, those distractions made me more drained. It pushed me to my breaking point, and I was left with no choice but to confront the issues that I was running from. Eventually, I did deal with those personal issues head on, but it completely shattered me. I think it took a piece of me with it because I haven't been the same since then. This was in September of 2016. I didn't let anyone in my world because I tried to put a mask on like I wasn't hurting. So I pretended to be okay at school and home as if I wasn't losing it inside. Then in December of 2016, the storm of my life became a little bit heavier. I was home alone one day during winter break. I was eating breakfast and watching Modern Family in the living room when I heard knocking on the door. I got up and just as I was about to open the door, I realized that no one was supposed to be home that early in the morning. I looked through the window, I saw a man and a blue sedan. The knocking continued for about five minutes or so. So at this point, my heart was racing because I started to think that they weren't going to leave. But they did eventually. I remember going to another room and I called my mom. I asked if she was expecting anyone and she said no, but that she would be home in about two hours or so. At that point, I didn't think much, so I went back to the living room. But once I sat down, I swear that it felt like the house was shaking. The men were breaking in. This was my first time dealing with an intense scenario of fight or flight. So I fled. (laughs) Um, I ran to my room. I locked the door. I turned off the lights. I hid in the closet while I called 911. I remember hearing the men's footsteps throughout the house as they spoke Spanish and they were cussing and rambling around. I remember the operator on the phone being sweet, but I was scared of even speaking because I didn't want the men to hear me since the walls in my house are so thin. During this moment, I thought I was going to die. I couldn't help but think that, you know, the men were going to find me and I don't know. All I could think about was that my mom was going to find my dead body and I didn't even get the chance to say goodbye. Um, Eventually the police arrived, but the men were gone by then. They took a TV, Xbox, they threw plants against the walls, and they completely destroyed the front door. That experience was definitely surreal and has always been a reminder that you never know what the next 24 hours may bring. After the robbery, I was convinced that God hated me. Because why would he do that, right? I mean, why would he pick on me if he already knew that I was going through all this other stuff? So, like, why would he do this to me? I felt guilty because it seemed like chaos just followed me around. This feeling intensified when in January of 2017, my family got in a car accident. And then in March of 2017, two of our cars got stolen in the night. So it was just hit after hit after hit. It definitely felt like our family was cursed or something, and we couldn't get a break. Amid everything, I don't know what pushed me, but I decided to apply for a program in my city called the Dallas Mayor's Internship Fellows Program. The program is truly phenomenal, 
as it gives students a chance to intern with organizations and companies so they can attain professional experiences. I remember being super nervous throughout the interviews as it's almost like the Hunger Games. You're put in this big room with hundreds of other students and everyone scatters to pitch themselves to jobs while each interview is under 15 minutes. I noticed that the police department was interviewing students, but I was hesitant since waiting in line looked like it would take up way too much time and I could use that time to interview with other companies. I remember feeling so much adrenaline in the air while I interviewed for a couple of places. Then boom, in my last 15 minutes, I ran around and saw that for once, the seat to interview with the police was empty. So I sped my way over. After the job fair, we waited three weeks to receive offers and thankfully, I ended up accepting an internship with the police department. My job there was specifically centered around communications. So 911, dispatch, and the National Crime Information Center. And during my first week, I rotated within each section for training. My sergeant walked me to 911 on my first week there, and she found that the person who was supposed to train me was not around, so she walked around the aisles and placed me with Cindy. I don't know how, but there are certain people who give off an immediate sense of comfort, and that was definitely what Cindy embodied. We quickly kicked it off, and she was just so easy to talk to. It made a huge difference to me, especially since I was an anxious 16-year-old at the time. Over time, my bond with Cindy grew stronger. Our conversations felt so natural and insightful. One day, she randomly asked me what my life motto was, and I just stared back at her with the blank expression. I couldn't think of anything, so I asked what was hers, and she told me that it was to treat others the way you want to be treated. I agreed on how those are important words to live by, and then she asked, what's the nicest thing you've ever done? Again, my mind was blank. I couldn't think of anything which made me feel embarrassed at the time. I was honest and told her I didn't know, and she told me that she was sure I've done something but just couldn't think of anything at the moment. I asked a question back to her, and she began to tell me about a story that she was driving on I-40 one time when she noticed a family on the side of the road. I think their car had railed into the wall or something. So Cindy pulled over and stayed with them until the police arrived. She told me that the mom was shivering since it was freezing cold at the time, so Cindy took off her jacket and gave it to her. And keep in mind that Cindy in the story was just wearing shorts and a tank top with a hoodie. So she was just standing outside with a tank top and shorts, waiting with a family that she didn't know. It took a while for the police to arrive, and Cindy told me that eventually, when it was time to go back to their car, that she pressed her fingers against her heater for about 10 minutes or so just to feel them again. I didn't know what to say when Cindy told me her story. It took me back, I was in shock, and I just said, wow, I don't think I could ever do that. Looking back, that was a horrible response, but it was like word vomit. Cindy looked at me and asked what I meant, and again, I said, I don't know, I just feel like I have a lot of resentment in my life. At this point, Cindy gave me a puzzled look for a second. I felt so ashamed and regretful of my response. I kind of kept thinking, like, why would I say that? Luckily, a 911 call came in just in time. 
But afterwards, Cindy looked at me and told me that she felt inclined to tell me that she wasn't sure what I was going through, but to have faith and never become bitter because everything happens for a reason. She said so many things, but I just remember holding in tears at that point because I had been waiting years to hear exactly what she was telling me. At this point, Cindy became someone that I admired so much. I felt like she was my angel as my attitude about life became more positive just by being around her. And one day, in one of our conversations, she asked if I ever had to call 911. I said yes and began to tell my story when she just stops me midway and asks, Wait, was there a blue sedan outside? I was surprised and said yes. She then turned around to her computer and asked for my address. Then in that moment, it was like everything fell into place. She was my operator from the day of the robbery. We both looked at each other in silence, just from pure shock. What were the odds? We hugged and laughed. It felt so unreal. Because again, what were the odds that I was elected to intern that summer out of all the applicants? What were the odds that the person who was supposed to train me was gone and I ended up with her out of everyone else? What were the odds that she answered my call from all the operators working that day? Beyond that, she wasn't even supposed to answer emergency calls during the time of my incident. She was healing from hand surgery. I was the only urgent call that she answered for a whole week because her hand accidentally slipped on the button to accept which is why my story was so engraved in her memory. To this day, Cindy is still involved in my life. We've kept in touch over the years, and she served as a mentor in so many ways. After our angel moment, it was as if something sparked in me, as I didn't feel abandoned or ignored by God anymore. For me, it was like everything fell into place. I was so angry for so long because I felt like my life was not going accordingly. I was bitter. And throughout that time, I kept thinking that things were not going to get better. But then, without even realizing it, when I least expected it, this beautiful thing happens. And it kind of saved me in so many ways. And it made me hopeful, for sure, because I knew that life was going to get better. And even now, when I have moments of despair or moments where I feel stumped, so I tell myself, Daniela, like you were depressed for so much time. And despite how abandoned and alone you felt, look what happened. And I remember this moment specifically. And it's like hope comes in me again because I remember things are going to get better, whether it's a year from now, a month from now, a week from now. You know, this pain isn't forever. And I'm so grateful that I have that ingrained in my mind. Looking back, I learned that resentment builds up when you push off how you actually feel for the sake of others. I wish that I was more capable of navigating my emotions and speaking up when I needed help. I wish that I didn't have to act that I was okay because I was too scared of making other people think that I wasn't okay. I also learned that depression has no identity, as you don't have to be moping around like it shows in movies. 
Even the most social and bubbly person can be facing mental health struggles, and you wouldn't even know it. I don't think any of my friends or even my own family knew how badly my mind was bubbling up. And it's just funny to me because when I talk about it, I definitely remember and I reflect and realize that I think beyond everything, the best thing that I learned is that you never know what a person may be going through behind closed doors. So be kind. And I mean that in so many ways because it's true. Whenever you go down the street, I guarantee you that every person has gone through something. Every person has a story where they have felt pain or something that is very sensitive to their heart. And you haven't walked in anybody else's shoes just like nobody else has walked in yours. So the best thing that we can really do is be mindful about it, be kind and empathetic, and be like aware. If you notice that something is off, don't be afraid to approach a situation and at least ask if everything is okay because that person may have been waiting years for someone to ask. And lastly, I learned that everything happens for a reason. You might have a thousand questions, but soon enough, answers will line up for you. So let the universe take care of you and trust that everything will be okay. I promise that everything will work out like it's supposed to for you. And in things that might look like disappointments or losses or obstacles, they might actually be rerouting you to a better place and it's all for a bigger reason than you can see. But thank you so much for listening today. Even if you're listening on your way to work or while you're relaxing or anything, And this is just one of my many angel moments, so I'm excited to share what other experiences I've had. But this podcast, I just really want to highlight other people's stories as well and talk about important topics that matter to me. And I appreciate you so much, and it means the world to me. Take care, and may serenity be with you. Until next time, goodbye.